honour to introduce up our awesome senior pastor as she shares a word. Can we put our hands together, guys, and encourage Pastor Mel? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Hello again. All right, so we have been doing the book of Genesis. Now, it's such a massive book, 50 chapters, and and you can't do it justice just in four weeks. It's just not going to happen. But... Uh, what we have covered so far, I'm just going to pray first of all, Lord, we just thank you for your word, Father God. We pray your word would go forth, Lord. We thank you that your word doesn't return void, Father God. And we pray your truth would penetrate, Lord God. We pray for fresh revelation, Father, that your word would fall on good soil, Lord God. And so we commit your word to you today, Father, and we pray you will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. So the first week we looked at Adam and Eve and the fall of humanity. And we saw how God was ever so gracious as he kept putting in a new plan for humanity. As we rebelled, as we turned away from him, he kept extending an olive branch, didn't he? And he still does today, doesn't he? (laughs) An olive branch. And he kept putting in a new plan, a new plan, a new plan and a new plan again. Because who knows that God's call is irrevocable. His call is irrevocable. His call always stands. His word always stands. His call always stands. His word is irrevocable. And he always has a plan. Does anyone have a family member or friend that always has a plan? (laughs) Don't worry, I've got a plan. (laughs) I feel like I say that a little bit. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. God's always got a plan. He's got a plan. He still has a plan. Even when you stuff up the plan, he has a plan. God has a plan always. He keeps putting in a new plan. Different things happen in our lives, don't they? In our ministries. People come and go. We face certain situations, challenges, obstacles, whatever it may be. But one thing that I've learned in the past 20 years is that God is always on the throne. God is always on the throne. Throne. There's no need to be swayed. We stand firm and we keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. We don't look to the left or to the right. We look straight ahead, our eyes on Jesus. There's no reason to drop our bat and ball and go home, is there? There's no reason because God always has a plan. He always has a plan. The second week, Pastor Jacob spoke on the Tower of Babel or Babel. I'm confused by what it's meant to be called, but anyway. And he talked about how that connects with our lives today. He explained that the reason they built the tower was so that they wouldn't be scattered. They wanted to be together. They wanted to consolidate. They wanted me and my and my four walls. So they built this tower. Except that's not what God said. He said, go forth and be fruitful and multiply. He said, go out and be, go out, go out there, go into all the earth. But they wanted to just be me and my and my four walls. And so he broke it down and he confused them by adding languages. And then they scattered all over the earth. And you know, as Pastor Jacob was preaching that, I was thinking about COVID. And I was thinking about how us as believers have been scattered as churches have shut down. And I do wonder, I have to wonder, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just thinking and I'm wondering, is it because some of us have got comfortable in our me and my and my four walls, in our little church and just happy here? 
when the word is, the call is, the mission is, the instruction is, is to go out into all the world and to preach the gospel and to minister and to baptise in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit and to make disciples. And I wonder what was going on there. The word, he said, go out into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And sometimes we get comfortable in our little place with me, my and my four walls. And I'm speaking to myself here this morning too. And then last week, Pastor Jacob shared on the blessing of Abraham. And he talked about uh, that there's fruit maybe that we're, we're leaving to rot and that God doesn't like rotten fruit. And he spoke about understanding the blessing of Abraham and how we can interact with it today and how we can walk in it. And so I encourage you, if you missed any of those messages, we have them available for you. You can watch them or you can listen to them. Just jump online and have a listen. But this week we're going to finish with the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph. And so Joseph is the son of Jacob, the son that was conceived with his wife, Rachel. Now, Rachel is the wife. He had four wives. I don't know how that works, but he had four wives. And, uh, and he, Joseph was uh, who, who he had with Rachel, who was the wife that he loved the most. And so when Joseph was a teenager, he was a bit of a dobber. So what he would do is he would uh, report back to his dad the bad things that his brothers were doing out in the field. And no one likes a dobbing sibling, do they? (laughs) I think about in our household, the dobbing sibling, and it doesn't go down too well at all. So his brothers didn't really like him because of that, because he was a dobber. He told his dad what was going on. But not only that, the Bible says that Joseph was Jacob's favourite son. And the reason the Bible gives is because he was born to him in old age. But I find it interesting that he wasn't the youngest son though. There was Benjamin as well. He was the youngest son and he was also Rachel's son as well. I just find that interesting to note. But Joseph was Jacob's favourite and he gave him a special coat. If you, learned, if you went to Sunday school, I didn't go to Sunday school, but if you did go, you, you learn about these stories, don't you? Right through Genesis. And, uh, and so he gave him a special coat and this coat... Uh, symbolised his favouritism. And so, as you can imagine, this annoyed his brothers even more. Have you ever tried to give your kid, (laughs) you know, something and the other one didn't get something? Jeez, (laughs) you're in trouble. And so, they were aggravated even more. And so, uh, Joseph walked around as a teenager very self-assured. He knew who he was and he knew whose he was. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to do, to walk around knowing who you are and whose you are. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing to do. But Joseph had some youthful pride. He was uh, overconfident, let's say, and this got him into trouble. And so God gave him a dream that he would uh, rule over his parents and his brothers, that that they would bow down to him. And he made the mistake of sharing uh, this dream with his brothers who hated him even more. I think it's so integral that the dreams and visions that God gives us, that we keep them close to our heart. I don't think that we should be sharing them with everyone and everyone that we know. I think that it's so important that, that those things that God speaks to you in, in the secret place, that, that, that we choose very carefully who we share it with. There's appropriate people and there's appropriate times, I believe, to be sharing your dreams and visions with those people. 
And the reason why is because I don't think everyone's going to be as excited about the dream and the vision that God has given you. Because his brothers weren't excited about that dream, were they? And I think that at times people will even try to tear it down. And not necessarily intentionally. Some intentionally because we get some jealous people around us sometimes. But sometimes unintentionally. They don't even realise what they're doing. But it's through negative, negative words. Lack of faith. And if they know you really well <laughs> through laughter... It's like they know you so well. It's like there's no way God's going to use you for that. No way. They know your flaws. <laughs> they saw you yesterday. They know who you are. But who knows that God is famous for picking people that have some pretty massive flaws. Moses with all his insecurities. Who am I? What if they? Blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. He went on, didn't he? You just read through the chapter. In Exodus, I think it is, David the adulterer, Paul the murderer, God picked murdering Paul. Think about it. I know we sort of like, wow, they're so amazing, but just if you read the story, think about who these people were. You know, when Jesus went around healing people while he walked on this earth, at times he only took within, with him those that had the faith to believe for the healing. Those that really believed. He only had those close to him when he was healing certain people. And in the book of Mark, we find a story where someone's daughter has just died and we're going to pick up the story in Mark chapter 5. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kahum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old and at this they were completely astonished. They laughed at him. They had a lack of faith. And Jesus said, we just read, he put them all out. He put them out. And he only took in those that were close, the close disciples and and the parents, because, of course, they're believing. They're believing, aren't they? Their faith is full. God is looking for people that are full of faith. When we talk about our building and you think, but we still seem so far, we're looking for people that are full of faith. Don't speak those words. We're looking for people that are full of faith. Don't tear it down. I'm not saying anyone is, but I'm giving an example. We're looking for people that are full of faith. God is looking for people that will protect the dreams and the visions that he's placed in your heart. God is looking for those people, for people that will believe, for people that he can take in with him into those secret places because there's so much more. It's a mystery. We think we know things, but we don't really because he's got so much more. It's a treasure. It's beautiful. It's a mystery. 
And so we use wisdom. We, we're not flippant with the things of God. We're not flippant. But Joseph, he was young and he was still growing in wisdom. Who made some mistakes when they were young and old? <laughs> so he shared his dream with his brothers and he bragged about it and they hated him even more. And if we read the story, we find out that his brothers make up a plan to get rid of him. And so they actually wanted to kill him, but they settled with selling him into slavery instead. I'm not sure which is worse, but anyway. And they told their father that he'd been attacked by a wild animal. And of course, his father was just consumed with grief. And so meanwhile, Joseph's been taken down to Egypt and he's been sold to a guy called Potiphar. And Potiphar was an Egyptian who was uh, one of Pharaoh's officials, so Pharaoh the king, and he was the captain of the guard and he was extremely wealthy. And so Joseph finds himself in this place. And we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 39. (coughs) It reads this. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Sounds like a good life, right? Who knows that it doesn't matter where you are, you are still blessed doesn't matter where you are, you are still blessed. If you're on top of the mountain or in the valley, you are still blessed. If you're in a trial or you've just had breakthrough, you are still blessed. If you're suffering injustice or you've just been justified, you've just been vindicated because we know God's our vindicator, amen, you are blessed. No matter what the circumstances are, we are blessed. You are blessed. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail. You are the head and not the tail. Joseph was a slave, but he was still at the top and not at the bottom. How does that happen? Why? Because he is blessed. doesn't matter of the circumstances. You are blessed. He was blessed in his coming and blessed in his going. We are blessed in our coming and blessed in our going. God was with him. God was with Joseph. Whatever he put his hand to prospered. And the Bible says that whatever you put your hand to prospers. Whatever you put your hand to prospers. How awesome is that? Joseph carried the blessing of the Lord. Wherever he went, he carried the blessing. And because of that, Potiphar was blessed too. It said he was blessed in his house and blessed in his field. The blessing that we carry is not just for us. It's for those around us as well. How awesome is that? That's why we can't be flippant with the things of God. We cannot be. We can't afford to be. We don't have that luxury as believers. We're not our own anymore. We're Jesus Christ. We carry the blessing and the blessing goes forth from us. So your workplace is blessed. So stop cursing it. Anyone in the house? Stop cursing your workplace because it's blessed. Why? Because you're there and you carry the blessing. 
Wherever you go, there's the blessing. Your family is blessed, so stop worrying. Position yourself. Stop worrying. Your family is blessed. Your finances are blessed. So guess what? You can give and give some more. Your finances are blessed. Your finances are blessed. Your health is blessed. Walk in it, claim it, speak it out. It is blessed. Your future is blessed. The Bible says we're not to fear our future. There's no fear in our future because it is blessed. We're not to be like the people that were outside the sleeping girl's room or the dead girl's room, the 12-year-old girl that we just read about who laughed at Jesus, who lacked faith. Don't be like Sarah who laughed to herself when Jesus, when God said to her, you will bear a child in old age. She laughed to herself. I'm going to read you the story because I love it so much. It makes me laugh. Genesis chapter 18. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord and my Lord is old, talking about her husband, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. And he said, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) I love that piece of scripture. Jacob spins out about how much I love it. But you can't get away with anything with God because she laughed to herself. She didn't even laugh out loud. We can't mock God. Only fools mock God. He knows all. And he is ever so gracious and merciful. And so Joseph was blessed as a slave in the house of Potiphar, who was also blessed. I mean, that's mind-blowing. But who knows that the devil isn't going to lay out the red carpet, is he? And say, here you go. Take back the kingdom. Here's your building. Here's your family. Here's your uh, marriage. And here's your perfect life. No problem. All yours. He's not going to do that. The devil we know, we read, comes to kill, steal and destroy. That's what the devil comes to do. He did it in the Garden of Eden. He's still doing it today. He attacks our families, our marriages. He comes against us. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And we read on in the story, Potiphar's wife takes a liking to Joseph. And so the Bible says that Joseph is well-built and he's handsome. So he's a good-looking fella. (laughs) And Potiphar's wife has taken a liking to him. And she wants to be with him. But Joseph refuses and he said, How can I sin against my God? How can I sin against my God? But day after day she tempted him, yet he refused to give in. And so she makes up this story that Joseph tried to rape her. And so then Joseph gets thrown into prison. Man, he's not having much of an open, here's the red card, just, you know. You can interpret dreams, you have this gift, and here's the red carpet, just walk on down. No, we know that doesn't happen. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. But again we find out 
that it doesn't matter where you are, you are still blessed. Genesis chapter 39, it reads this, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who held all of those held in prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You have to think this guy Joseph, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that wallows in self-pity, does he? It sounds like he just gets on with it. He, he seemed to get some pretty hard knockbacks in life, don't you think? Being sold into slavery by his brothers and then he, he gets accused of something that he didn't even do. He was doing the right thing. He was integrous. He said, how can I sin against my God? Yet he gets thrown into prison. But he doesn't come across as someone that sits in his own self-pity. He seems to rise up and deal with the circumstances that life throws at him. Who knows we can't control the things that happen around us. Life throws stuff at us, doesn't it? We've all lived long enough to know that, except maybe little Emma Jane. But we're praying for her. And by the way, Josh and Mel Newland had a baby boy too, Elijah Joshua Newland. And so we love our house growing, little Emma Jane in the house today. She's looking over at me. But if you've lived long enough, you know, just hold, it, hold your hand over her ears. <laughs> she doesn't need to know yet. That we get some knockbacks in life. But a lot of the time, it's not about what happens to us. It's how we respond. It's not what happens to us. It's how we respond. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, have we played the victim for far too long? You know, I watch people that, you know, as we, you know, we're well connected with Adult and Teen Challenge and I watch those that make it and I watch those that don't. And normally the ones that don't are too busy playing victim. Too busy, what was me? My life is too hard. I can't do this. This happened to me. And I'm not taking away what happens to people, but at some stage we need to grow up and take responsibility and say, okay, this did happen. It's not cool. I forgive them, but I only get one life and I'm going to rise up and I'm going to shake off a victim mentality and I'm going to get my eyes on Jesus and I'm going to go forth in the power of God. Amen? We have to ask ourselves the question, have we wallowed in self-pity too long? Sometimes it feels good though, doesn't it? Get, get me some chocolate and some salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> Kids, don't come into my room. I'm having a pity party and it feels nice. I love it. But at some stage, we need to get up yes. and we need to shake it off. And we need to get on with it and make something of it. And Joseph, wherever he was, he made something of it. He made something of it. He didn't become insular. He didn't focus 
on himself. He lifted up his eyes and he looked to the heavens and he goes, I know where my help comes from. God, my father, Abba, daddy, someone prayed this morning in the prayer meeting. We do have a prayer meeting at 9.30am if you'd like to be a part of it. And they talked about Abba, father, daddy, God, our father. He is our father who loves and cares for us. And so wherever you go, wherever Joseph went, he carried the blessing. We read on. You enjoying the story so far? Two of the king's officials get thrown into the very same prison as Joseph. His story is so interesting. And so the cupbearer and the baker, they were the king's officials. They offended the king. I don't know what they did. It just said they offended the king. So you've got to be careful around that king. You might get thrown into prison. So they get thrown into prison and they both have dreams. And so Joseph interprets their dreams. And so he said to the baker, in three days, this is what your dream means, in three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will come and eat your flesh. Um, but he's glad he asked that. <laughs> Be careful when you ask someone to interpret your dreams. But the other guy, he said, you will be restored back to your position. The cupbearer, he said that to the cupbearer, you will be restored back to your position. But he said, when you do, make sure you tell Pharaoh that I'm here in prison and I've done nothing to deserve it. Make sure you mention me to Pharaoh. And so it happens just as Joseph interprets. The baker (laughs) dies horribly and the cupbearer gets restored back to his position, except he forgets to tell Pharaoh about Joseph in prison. And so another two years goes by, two whole years. Two years goes by and it wasn't until the king himself had a dream and no one could interpret it that the cupbearer then remembers Joseph in prison and, hey, he interpreted my dream, maybe he can interpret yours too. But he'd been forgotten. Do you ever feel like you've been forgotten, overlooked, doing all the right things yet things appear to be getting worse? You feel stagnant? Not much is happening. Tithing and your finances seem to be going backwards. Putting effort into your marriage and your spouse is getting grouchier by the day. That wasn't for you, Jacob. (laughs) Doing the right thing week in, week out. And still waiting for your breakthrough. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I could sit down right now. (sighs) Can you imagine Joseph waiting for God in the prison? He didn't even even meant to be there. He said, how can I sin against my God? Year after year, waiting for God to move. Please do something. Waiting, waiting, waiting. But who knows? There's a time for everything. (laughs) An appointed time. And God's timing is integral. It's everything. It has to be. It's not our timing. Remember, we're not our own. We're his. But it's so important how we wait. And Joseph excelled wherever he was. He was faithful with what he had in his hand. It's integral how we wait as we're waiting for God to move. God sees and God knows all the right things that you are doing. He sees and he knows. 
He sees and he knows. He sees your commitment. He sees your hard work. He sees that you're being integrous. He sees how much you give. He sees how much you serve. He sees as you lay down a fence. What does the Bible say? To cover sin with the love. He sees all that. You want to get even. You want to just let it rip. But he sees when you choose not to. He sees and he knows. And yet he has the right time. An appointed time for everything. Ecclesiastics 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has an appointed time for things to happen in your life. At the right time, He will move. At the right time, you'll receive that promotion. At the right time, finances will come. At the right time, breakthrough will come. At the right time, your dreams and your visions that you're believing for for so many years will come to pass. At the right time, his time, the appointed time. Even when he was speaking to Sarah with that little challenge about her laughing, which I still find so incredibly funny, he said at the appointed time, next year at the appointed time, there's an appointed time for things to happen in your life. But it's his way, his timing, when he chooses. And while we're waiting, we wait knowing that he is on the throne. No matter what happens, no matter what circumstances, no matter what obstacles or challenges, no matter what it looks like in the natural, we know that behind the scenes he is working. He's always working. Remember, he's always got a plan. He's the guy with a plan. I've got a plan. I've got a plan, I've got a plan, I've got a plan. Stay true to who you are. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep doing what you know to be right. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. I know what I'm doing. I've got you and I've got this and I've got a plan and it's coming at the right time. So Joseph gets called out of prison to interpret Pharaoh's dream and then Pharaoh puts him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. He gets promoted second to him in all of Egypt from the dungeon to the palace. It's a picture of what God has done in our lives, right? He places us, he seats us in heavenly places. That's what the Bible says. At the right hand of the Father. We all come from the pit, really, when you don't know God, doesn't matter what your testimony is. Doesn't have to be as dramatic as mine, but if you don't know God, we all come from the pit and we get placed in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? I've heard it said, our feet touch this earth, we walk on this earth, but our head is in the heavenly places. We interact with the spiritual realm, the heavenly realm. You know, it's interesting to note that it was the interpretation of a dream that got Joseph into trouble, sold into slavery by his brothers, but it was the interpretation of a dream that also got him out of prison and promoted to the highest place. I've never seen that before, never heard it before. It was the gift, it was the same gift. 
It got him into trouble, got him promoted, got him out of trouble. We need to learn to use God's gifts wisely. It's so key for his kingdom, for his glory. Uh, The gifts that he's given us have not to be taken lightly. They're for a purpose and they're for a reason. And so we read on quickly. There's a famine in the land and it's then that Joseph's brothers have come to Egypt looking for food. (laughs) And... Genesis chapter 42 says, Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. The vision, the dream fulfilled so many years later. The dream that he shared with his brothers when they hated him, it happens right there. Many years later, you know, God's call on your life will come to pass. His call on your life will come to pass. And I want to encourage you this morning to keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay faithful. Know that he's on the throne. His call is irrevocable. And Joseph says to his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid, I'll provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. He forgave his brothers. He understood it was for a reason. You know, God can turn any bad situation around for good. As we stay submitted to him, Our hearts are pure, our hands are clean, clean hands and a pure heart, and we do what's right. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word, Father God. I thank you just for how gracious and merciful you are, Lord. I thank you that regardless, you are always on the throne, Lord God. And I pray that we continue to keep looking to you, Father that we wouldn't look to the left or to the right, Lord God, but we keep looking to you, that we stay submitted to you, Father God. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts right now, Lord. Speak to us, God. We thank you for your peace, Lord God. We thank you for your supernatural strength, Lord. And I just pray for a fresh and feeling, Father God, and every single person in this building and online as well, Lord, that you touch them right where they're at, Father God. Just while we have this attitude of prayer right now, I don't want to close the service without giving anybody that's listening online or anyone in the building an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The first step out of the pit, out of the dungeon, out of prison, because you're in bondage when you don't know Jesus. Here's the answer. The first step is to make him Lord of your life. And if there's anyone here this morning in this room right now or online, if that's you, if you just slip your hand up in the air and back down again and we'll pray. Just to give you one more moment. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray all together, church. If you're online, if you pray after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. God is good, hey? Let's keep being submitted to him. Um, Now's the time. If you want prayer, there's an anointing right now. Don't come after. I mean, you can come after, but come now. 
As we play the song, this is a space now for prayer. We're going to move the pulpit and we're going to pray. If you want prayer, we can pray for you. But as the team sing, come forward now because there's grace right now. There's anointing right now. We can pray after during coffee, but it's better now. Is that okay? So come forward if you'd like prayer and we'll pray for you. We love you guys. And let's kick off Paula and team for a song. Let's jump to our feet.